Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Podcast. We're back. It's a Sunday show. You've had loads and loads and loads of weeks of Thursday shows, but we're back on a Sunday. It's me, your host Ross, and with me is Adam. Hello. And Matt making a second appearance. Good evening to you. And to you, sir. How are you? I'm not too bad yourself. Yeah, good. How's your week been? Uh it's been slow, I'll say that. Slow. But yeah, but perked up a bit with a very good afternoon of football. Oh, lovely. Adam, how about you? Uh, it's been had too much alcohol in it. I don't feel good. You've been hanging around with the posh boys, haven't you? Oh. <laughs> what, you, what? you suggested you suggested I'm not one of them, Ross. <laughs> not quite, I don't think. What, uh, what, what was this? You saw Varsity Rugby. What is this? It's Oxford versus Cambridge, obviously. Oh, obviously. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. How was it? Well, Cambridge won, which is what I wanted. Okay. I don't know why. I just arbitrarily <laughs> picked it. Got to pick a team, haven't you? Your Oxford supporting friend at football is going to be disappointed in you. Yeah, well, (laughs) fairly sure he lives his life disappointed in me. (laughs) Let's move on. Um, Let's 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 talk about some football. That's it. No follow-up questions. (laughs) Just going to leave that hanging. Um, Let's start with some derby action. Let's start in Merseyside. Liverpool won. Everton won. Salah with the opening goal before Rooney scored from the penalty spot. was it a penalty? Dayan yes. Lovren. Des- yeah. Despite what Jurgen Klopp would want you to believe, Did- <laughs> have you seen? Have you seen that post-match interview? Have I seen that? Is this post-match what you interview? tweeted? Tweeted Adam about his mask slipping again. <laughs> again. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Just lays into the reporter. And it's 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 good television. I mean, Klopp is wrong to start with, <laughs> but it's just great entertaining television. What, just watching him be rude? <laughs> yeah, it's sort of rude. It's also... Come on, you've got to admit it is also kind of funny. But, uh, anyway, but, back, but back to the issue point, absolutely, yes, it's a penalty. You know, Lovren, stupid, shouldn't have... Um, I forget who the guy was. Shouldn't have shoved him shoved him in the back like that. It was Calvert-Lewin. I mean, he's, he's running away from goal. Yeah, yeah. Sums up his career, doesn't it? His, his Liverpool career, that. Yeah. I think... I think the, the thing that, that I, I liked was the amount of times, and it happened on more than one occasion, that um, Jordan Henderson, as the captain, went to pull De- Dejan Lovren away from the referee, only to turn around and start laying into said referee. Well, in fairness, <laughs> so, isn't, that, you, how it's, you, isn't you, that how it's meant to be? Don't you Is do it? this. I'll scream and shout yeah. and swear at the referee. Exactly. The, the, the captain's the only one that's allowed to talk to the referee. <laughs> Henderson's never... just doing that rule. He's just taking. He, he's doing what he should do. That never would have happened at Varsity Rugby, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Let's get some ref cams on them, shall we? 
Yeah. Also, in with same said said decision, um, Henderson was probably run, was basically running alongside the referee at that point, <laughs> and the second Lovren pushes him, Jordan Henderson's immediate reaction is to um, to stare is to quickly look at the referee as in, oh shit, what has he just done? <laughs> Please tell me you didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> Good game though overall. Liverpool dominated. Liverpool had twenty one percent possession in this game. But got a point. So. Yeah, yeah. If if someone said to you that you know the the game finished one one, the game went exactly how you would expect a, a Liverpool club team against an Everton Big Sam team to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Liverpool charging forward, plenty of shots, and then Ever then Everton just sort of sneak sneak it at the end. Yeah. Never Four really in- had any major chances. I think at one stage. Liverpool had eleven corners to one. It's it went Which exactly how you thought it would be. That's a shame because conceding from corners is Liverpool's special move. <laughs> yeah, you only had one. Yeah, exactly. you've got to yeah, maximise those opportunities. What I would say is, yeah. say is Russell that possession we had forty percent of the shots on target. Yeah, true. Yeah, they had twenty-three shots with just three hitting the target. You had three yeah. or two in the target. I like your efficiency much more there. Exactly. Yeah, that, that, that's what you always want. Exactly. That's good. That's good from Everton, isn't it? Yeah. You're restricting them to shots, but all the shots they can have, you know, yeah. they're nowhere near troubling the goalkeeper. That's just excellent defending. That's what big. That's what big Sam's teams do. He so looks, you can't really, you can't really fault them. In his in his post match thing, he looks happy as a pig in shit to got a point from this game. He looked delighted. Easier game was definitely on the horizon. So take a point and move on. Well, he um, would, wouldn't he? What he needs to do is, by moving on, the first thing he needs to do is to stop playing Morena because that person, cut, he cannot play football. That was terrible. <laughs> um, there was a point when he was bringing Jagielka on in the last sort of, I think it was like 10, 15 minutes. And yeah. I, uh, me, um, me and my friend were convinced that he, his day was done and that he was going to move Ashley Williams to left back. Um, but he didn't do that. Um, he took someone else off. At that point, I figured that he was just going to take him off and play with 10 men. <laughs> Is it Jagielka or is it Yagielka? Because I've noticed <laughs> that being a trend that's coming into football nowadays. Even, even the commentator had to have to, had to slip it in somewhere. Oh. Was, it, was, it, was it Jonathan Pierce again? No, no, it was the guy, no, it was the guy on Sky. On Sky. Said, oh. said today, said Phil Yagielka coming off. Oh, it's Jagielka. It's Jags. It's, yeah. Oh, Jags. Fuck <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> off. Like, I'm liking this. Uh, Sam's mixing in a bit of old school Sam Allardyce style but with some good exciting youngsters as well like Calvert-Lewin starting and uh, John Joe Kenny as well Everton's problems are quite simple uh, that the Everton team that was taking the pitch for the first sort of however 10 is it 10 or so games of the season where they, they were just 11 players on a pitch that had no idea what they wanted to do yeah. now you, you look at a team just give them give them jobs it's easy mm. give them jobs and play players in their best position yeah don't play three number tens. Just play one of them. Play yeah. one of them. Don't play John Joe Kenny, a young right back at left back, while playing Aaron Lennon at right back. That's going to go badly. <laughs> yeah. We'll lose heavily to Southampton if that happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, let's move on to the Manchester derby. Manchester United one, Manchester City two. Rashford uh, for the, the goal for Man United was Sylvan Otamendi with the goals. Um, Otamendi with a volleyed winner. Didn't yeah. ever yeah. get to say that. Um, as you do yeah record breaking Man City just cantering away at the top of the table 11 points clear now of Man United in second place I mean if you set your fa- your um, 
your football manager tactics to very fluid that wouldn't go close to describing how this Man City team was playing. <laughs> Watching that mid, the midfield was just, it was almost like, I don't know what he'd call it. It'd probably be playing with some sort of false number six or something like that, who God knows. But it was like a carousel as you're just watching <clears throat> watching De Bruyne, De Bruyne drop into the space and David Silva pull off and they were just, it was literally just, just spinning the Man United midfield around. You thought that when you see Herrera playing in these big games now under Mourinho, you expect, oh, he's going to do another hatchet man marking job. But if he was doing that, it was a terrible one. I can't work out which one <laughs> yeah. he was trying to do. There was a period where Gabriel Jesus was everywhere. There was a period where there, he wasn't playing with a false nine. He was playing with no number nine and three wingers. They were so wide. You had Rojo and Stones just... Um, Rojo and Smalling, sorry, with just no one within sort of, sort of 10, 15 yards of them. Um and that wasn't. Um, but defenders for don't all know of what their, to do, they, do they? If there's no striker, what do you do? Yeah, who do you mark? Yeah. But from all that good work, that's not how Man City scored their goals. No. Yeah, and that's that's the point I saw. Want to bring up is everyone's going to talk about going through this season how they've been steamrolling, steamrolling teams all the way through. And when we go, eventually, when Man City lift the title, we go back in this game. This is going to be sort of a false game because you you can't really judge the you can't really judge the players too much on this because when you look at the scoreline Man City 2 Man United 1 yeah. that seems reasonable that seems okay first versus second but then you look at the game itself and how the goals were scored they were all all three of them scrappy defensive mistakes yeah. so so when we say you know Man City are going to be the are the greatest team in Premier League history this game is going to sort of just leave that one off the CV. Just say. <laughs> but these are the games. I mean, you you need to win these games. These scrappy ones yeah, where you're not it, it, blowing teams out. Yeah, it's what I said on the on when I when I made my debut is that Man City have sort of built in a cushion. Mm. So the way they were battering teams just towards the start of the year, like was it seven one against Stoke? Yeah, something like that rings a bell. Is they've built that in so that if they eventually at some point play seventy. Play play at seventy percent, mm. then they've got they've still got enough skill and enough luck. Let's call it luck with Lukaku um, to, to 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 scrap their way through it. Lukaku scored five four five goals in his last forty Premier League games against the big six teams. Is he Adam? You've witnessed him up close more than anyone on this podcast. Is he a proper flat track bully, or do you think he just that these big games don't suit him more? I I don't think he's a flat track bully. I think that. Um, the big games don't suit him because he is prone to be playing right up top, and he ends up very isolated. At yeah. this point, there were they were showing there was a moment where um, Marcus Rahul went into the back of um, of uh, David Silva for going up for a header, and they're both down for a couple of minutes, and they uh, they did their little, little bit of like tactical analysis in the in the middle of the game, and they showed how. Um, the way Man City had spread their had all spread out there in their positions they're taking up, and the way that that player was dropping, that sort of unnamed player was dropping into midfield and then moving around. So sometimes it was Silva, sometimes it was De Bruyne, sometimes it was Fernandinho. How that was forcing all of the Manchester United players back, and they were almost pinned into this box of Man City players, the midfield in between, and Lukaku was up on the halfway line in between two centre-halves, 
probably 30 yards away from his nearest player, wow. his nearest teammate, sorry. And just that's what's his, I don't, he's no, stopped. He, he can come deep and get involved, but then there's no one further up the field than him. Exactly. Yeah, because exactly. <laughs> yeah, in, the, in these games, because Torgo always had five goals in the last one ever against the big team. Yeah. How many of those games has his team, this is probably predominantly going back to his Everton days, have they, has his team come in as the underdog? So the team naturally would have to be semi, semi-defensive and have and holding players back. Whereas if he was in games, say for Manchester United now, against one of the big six teams, and maybe say um, when Tottenham come to Old Trafford, and Tottenham will be the underdogs, and Man United will be given a lot more ability, uh, uh, creativity, and permission to move forward a bit. So they have an attackers joining him. Maybe that's where he's going to come in. So he's been playing with predominantly defensive-minded teams in these things, whereas if you're mm. putting yourself in an attacking team, which Man United really should be, that's where he, that's where his um, abilities shine through. Well, that's what they were at the start of the season. They were going all guns blazing, and he was knocking goals in for fun. Yeah. I think generally the, the whole tone of this game should be, but actually, it, it, was, it was a scrappy game. Yeah. I'd say for for all the fluidity of movement and lovely passing of Man City, their finishing was very poor today. They scored two scrappy goals. Manchester United, I'd probably lived off absolute scraps. Um, <clears throat> their goal was, uh, as you said, as Matt said, it was uh, a missed header from Otamendi, a missed a missed control from Fabian Delph. Um, Edison Edison then takes a terrible line out of his goal and makes the finish really easy for Rashford. Uh, even when they were going in at half-time at 1-1, one, 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 Man United were absolutely flattered by that result. And I can't really think of too, too many sort of moments of absolute quality in the game. Man United had 35% possession, which is their lowest at Old Trafford since Opta Records began collecting that data. That's um, And the fact that that's against a team that's got Fabian Delph in the midfield is phenomenal. <laughs> no, Fabian Delph at left-back. Fabian, Fabian Delph is playing left-back. He's playing yeah. left-back, is he? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Badly. <laughs> well, yeah, he's a central midfielder. Well, what I would say, what I think will be slightly lost in that, though, perhaps, is that, and I, I haven't heard any sort of post-match press conferences from either of the managers. It'd be interesting to hear what Jose Mourinho has to say because I think that you could see from his team selection that it, it was evident that he thought that Manchester United needed to win this game. Yeah, they're now eleven points behind in the in the league, but even in a in a big game playing with. Rashford, Lukaku, and Martial is um, that's un-Mourinho. Yes, very un-Mourinho. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. Then. Let's move on to the other game from today. Uh, Southampton one, Arsenal one. Late, late equaliser from Olivier Giroud cancelled out Charlie Austin's opener in the third minute. Um, Olivier Giroud does a little what Olivier Giroud does. Exactly. <laughs> Yet to start are the we, game this season for Arsenal. Are we? Are we approaching that sort of breaking point? When Lacazette drops to the bench and Giroud takes the starting job, are we getting? Are we? We're slowly getting towards it. I think. We've... Hi, Matt. Possibly. Have you met Arsene Wenger? <laughs> no, yeah. but I wish I would. I wish I had. I believe that we are still twenty years from that point. <laughs> <laughs> now, Charlie Austin. Get Can't stop scoring. Get him on the plane. Get him on the plane. He plays against Everton. Yep. 
You get him going, we get him started. Look at him. <laughs> He's 28 now. Um, it's only his third league start of the season, but... He is. He knows where the goal is, and he, he he's just an instinctive finisher. The goal he scored last week against Bournemouth was a really good finish, and there's, the competition for places as a striker for England is not it's not the strongest, is it? He's definitely in with a shout. Well, it depends if Jim, if guys like Jermaine Defoe are still considered mm. to be knocking knocking about, and if you know Gareth Southgate decides to go down that road, he's shown that he's willing to take players from lower clubs you know Loftus Cheek seems to be getting a run out so I'm not going to rule it out but I think he's still a way bit down the pecking order when you consider the likes of it's Kane probably second would be Vardy then if he's fit Sturridge no then Welbeck no Sturridge Sturridge over Austin every day of the week my, uh, what about, if, if he's first, fit, that's the only thing. If he's fit. Firstly, you've missed Marcus Rashford. If you want to consider him a forward, yeah, I forward slash winger, whatever you want to classify him as. Um, and do you not think, looking into your crystal ball, do you not cons- think that the likelihood of Charlie Austin playing another fifteen Premier League games and scoring? eight to ten more goals, as opposed to whatever Daniel Sturridge is going to put out in that time, is going to make make it clear and easy in Southgate's mind. I like, I like, that's why I say I'm not ruling it out. Okay. Even so, I'd still, even so, I'd still take Sturridge over Charlie Austin, still. Bear in mind, Theo Walcott went to the World Cup in 2006, despite having not played the game since the January, I think. Yeah, Daniel Sturridge isn't isn't 16, though. Yeah, it's it's the English, don't rule it out. He's not going to be our next Ronaldo, (laughs) the way uh, way Theo has been. I imagine. Uh, Let's let's move to Saturday's games. And Tottenham um, gave Stoke a jolly good thrashing. Uh, Ryan Shaw cross-scored for both teams, that's always fun. Harry Kane got two, Sun got one, and Ericsson got the other. Finished 5-1 to Spurs. Um, Just did what they needed to do, really, didn't they? (laughs) They did more than they needed to do. Yeah, they've only got 20, uh, 28 points from 16 games, which I mean, that's not a bad return. But you're looking at, I'm, you can't help but look at the massive Man City points total at the top of the table. Yeah, that's because they still had the, they've still got the somewhat lingering Wembley curse holding over them for the first couple of weeks in the season, yeah, when they drew drew against Burnley and Swansea, and I think there was another team in there as well they lost to Chelsea they lost to Chelsea they lost to Chelsea yeah so they're still that's what's cost them basically at the start of the year Uh, Um, I think Q's in trouble do you think no no I mean one one win in seven games in trouble from who there's a difference here he's (laughs) he's definitely in trouble from the fans definitely but is he under pressure from the board well they're currently 15th they're three points above West Ham um, I don't expect West Ham to put any sort of run of form together to, to reel those teams in, but you've got to make it a bit more difficult for them by actually winning some of your games as well. One win in seven is not great. I reckon. I reckon either way, this is probably Hughes' last season at Stoke. Yeah. Just yeah, either either he'll be sacked or he'll resign or whatever, or just at the end of the year he'll say, "I've taken this team as far as I can go. There's nothing more that I can do. Leave over to leave over to the next guy." Which is why I hope it's going to happen, because I'm still holding out that he'll take the Wales job. 
here we'll go to uh, Hughes will go to West Brom and then Pardew will leave West Brom and go to Stoke and we'll oh, keep carry on that, carry around. on that circle yeah. <laughs> yeah this carousel will keep spinning <laughs> Moyes' uh, contract only runs until the end of the yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah it's not young it's not foreign managers stopping English men getting jobs it's old English men getting young English men getting jobs uh, let's talk about one young English manager then in um in Roy Hodgson. <laughs> well, one old one old guy against one young guy, yeah. Hodgson against uh, Eddie Howe, finished 2-2. Two, two. Um, two goals for Jermaine Defoe, another old English guy. Uh, Scott Dan scored in Miljevic Palace for the penalty spot. And then, obviously, Ben Teke from the mm. penalty spot again. What do, you, what do you guys make of that? Is that, is that? is that important in the sort of grand scheme of things? A striker sort of over, overruling the the will of the team, so to speak. Did, did you hear what Hodgson said? It, it was a I did, but I feel like I can't remember. No one on our team was able to wrest the ball from him. Yeah. <laughs> I will um... give I will give Ben Teke credit. In fair, you know, he hasn't scored in, <coughs> since May, I believe it is. Yeah. Hasn't scored since May. So he thinks, right, this is a chance. This is a chance to get some confidence back, albeit it didn't work. But I applaud him for at least saying, right, no, this is mine. I, g- I give him some credit. Mm, yeah, that's fair. I can't remember who was covering the game on Saturday, but they said about Benteke, he must have missed a fairly easy header. And I think it was Paul Merson. I don't want to give him credit for anything, really. But he said, remember. Some quality Benteke... thinking we're about to get here. Well, he said, remember, <laughs> remember when Benteke used to be able to head a football? <laughs> like, that, uh... that was a good part of his game, and now he just seems to be just a shell of the striker he was. Um,. I would say that uh, that's pretty poor. From uh, I'd be unhappy with that. The taking of the, I'd say that's weak. It would worry me as sort of a, a lack of leadership in the squad and and some weak management, perhaps. Um, if you remember a couple of maybe a, maybe it was last year, maybe the year before that, when um, uh, on Monday Night Football, where Kevin Morales took the ball off Jagielka to take the penalty and then missed it. Yes, yeah. Yes, I remember that. And Gary Neville spent the next sort of. <laughs> week or something. Well, yeah, just absolutely laying into him, and I think everything everything Gary Neville said there was right. I I suppose the only the only thing you could maybe maybe say is that does Gary Neville have um, actually have a sort of a mix of experience, or do you mean does he come from a sort of a very sheltered lifestyle yes. of having lived in a, <laughs> a an Alex Ferguson dressing room? It was with, quite structured in terms of free kick and penalty takers. I was going to, yeah, also, Gary Neville was never, got... yeah, Gary Neville was never involved in the free kick and penalty <laughs> decisions of Manchester United. In never, never. You say that, but well, for how long was he the club captain? True. I'm I, he got a very. I'm not saying. I'm not saying he was the one going. No, 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 no. I said, but he's the one. He's on the pitch. He's the one enforcing the. Mm. He would be the one if you had. Um, Sort of a that young petulant Cristiano Ronaldo going no 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 I I want to take this and the penalty t- the actual free kick taker is uh, who was there at the time it would have been Rooney I'm thinking yeah well, it was after key yeah 2005 six seven era yeah it would have been Rooney on free kicks and probably on penalties as well or even when you've got Ronaldo in that season where he scored 47 got of what however many goals it is and Carlos Tevez is trying to yeah. trying to grab the ball like he. He, his experience comes from one of a, a lot of power, not maybe not 
had any time in those sort of fractured dressing rooms or or a dressing room where a new manager's just come in trying to instill his will. He's hasn't, he doesn't know what that's like at all, does he? No, I'm not. No, apart from him being in the manager's position of that, of that scenario. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't quite work out so well for him. He yeah. knows that all too well. Yes, doesn't he just? Um, the Battle of the Promoted Teams, Huddersfield beat Brighton 2-0. Two goals from uh, Steve Mounier, whoever his name is. Scored two on the opening day and he scored another two today. That's it for the season. He's a... Uh, Scores him if he doesn't score at all. He, uh, he scores two. He scored four goals this year. Yeah, it makes me glad that we didn't buy him in the end. <laughs> I just felt needed that. They did. They're they're dropping like a stone. They're currently yeah. mid table, which is a good position for them. I mean, Brighton are just behind them as well. So both teams are doing all right, aren't they? This year is definite worse than them in the league this season. Yeah, with their limited expectations as well. Mm. In fairness to them. They they basically get a free hit for the whole for the whole year. Yeah, pretty much. We don't need to talk too much more about that one. Burnley beat Watford one nil. Uh, Scott Arfield with a goal and a red card in the first half for a Watford player. That's not never a good, never a good uh, look. Um, that's a blow for Watford, but Burnley are doing well as well. So it's two kind of two of those teams are almost trying to trying to break into that little group ahead of where they should really be, or where they're seen to be. Yeah. That's it. Look at the table. Burnley are two points off a Champions League spot. Wow. Although, beware of Hull from their first year <laughs> in the Premier League. We all know what we all know what could happen. Yeah, yeah but unfortunately, Sean Dyche is not Phil Brown. <laughs> that being said, you want to see Sean Dyche giving a lecture on the pitch. That'd be amazing. You want to see it. That'd be a proper bollocking. That would have usually got to that point. <clears throat> uh, Swansea beat West Brom. Wilford Brown scored. Well done to you. And Chelsea lost to West Ham United. Um, didn't see this one coming particularly. West Ham hadn't been in spectacular form um, for a long time. And um... no, but credit credit to David Moyes. I think he's got a lot of stick and a lot of abuse over the past sort of you know ever since he left Man United. The whole football genius ironic banner. I think good on him because in the space of six days. He took Manchester City all the way to the limit last yeah. week, absolutely pushed them, and then beat the reigning champions in the space of six days. So I give nothing but credit for David Moyes. That's a one of the one of the good guys in football. I think he deserves it. I'm loving some of his um, press conference quotes that he comes out with. Uh, I'd love to play the way Chelsea do, but we can't do that. <laughs> He's, he's always, always damning with faint praise to his team most of the time when he speaks. But it's like he doesn't think the game's played on grass. No. <laughs> <coughs> so Chelsea's title aspirations are over, Adam. Yes. Everyone's at title aspirations are over, <laughs> yeah, except for Manchester City. Correct. Obviously. <laughs> what can you see Conte being here next season? No. Is it going to be a whole other regime change again? It's the Chelsea way. Yeah. Re- reboot start yeah. again. Angelotti's moved back to London this week. Yeah. I don't think Angelotti would go back to to Chelsea. No. You don't get you don't get fired on a staircase in Goodison Park and go back to that club. <laughs> no, true. No. And if he does, he's a mug, not a yeah. man. We, we tend to think he is. Absolute mug. Uh, any any early names you can kind of get uh, can see being linked to this Chelsea job and any serious contenders? None off the top of my head. 
<laughs> Gareth Southgate <laughs> after a roaring World Cup performance. Imagine. Imagine. <laughs> I don't think there's any really outstanding candidates. Maybe Thomas Tuchel, he's still available, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. I think that I think that, uh, that Tuchel is they see Tuchel as the one they want. Yeah. The young guy uh, to build around. Is Laura, is Laura Blanc still in management? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say yes. With Who's the France manager? Deschamps in charge of France. Deschamps. Then Laurent Blanc no. Didn't he get fired? Has he had a job since he got fired by PSG? Not that I'm aware, unless he's unless he's doing the traditional year in China. The Indian <laughs> pre- some managers tend to do. The old Indian Premier League with Peter Reid. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, he's on, I don't know. Just off the top of my head, I'd say Laurent Blanc. Bad shout. He managed PSG, didn't he? And uh, yeah, he's currently available. So it's it's a big name in football. So yeah, yeah, we'll look out for those ones. Um, uh, any other games I've missed? Oh, Newcastle, they lost to Leicester. 3-2. Goals, goals, yeah. goals. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel bad for Iose Perez. Is it Iose or Lucas? One of the Perez yeah. for that own goal because you saw what he was trying to do. He was making an effort. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he tried. That's all we can ask of a player. What, what is it the Newcastle fans say? We don't want a team that wins. We want a team that tries. Job. And, they, and they did exactly hey. that. They did exactly that. You know, if he'd have been stood on the halfway line just watching, he'd have been slated. Yeah, but no, sure. he tried to make a play, but it just got lucky. Yeah, it didn't work out too well for him. No. This takeover can't come soon enough for Rafa. He looks like a man at the end of his tether, and he needs Ashley out of there and some investment in January. But I, I don't second second of February, it's going to be. Isn't it? <laughs> it will be. That'll be my or- parting shot to him. That or it's going to be. Remember when Man City got taken over? Oh, last day. They got taken over the day before <laughs> the transfer window, and they just went mad on the, la- on the on the last day. day. Yeah, and c- confused poor Robinho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was say, what's the what's the equivalent now? Aubameyang. Aubameyang yeah. would be going to Arsenal, but then the Newcastle stuff happens, and all of a sudden, sixty million. He's up at St James's Park. He doesn't know if he's coming or going. Oh, the poor lad. He's linked with Everton this week, Adam. Yeah. I think he'd fit into a Big Sam system. Don't slag it off. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, let's let's talk about some uh, championship football then quickly. Um, Leeds, Leeds won the game. We're kind of back into a bit of form. Um, Seventh. Yeah, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. People... Hat-trick. Yeah, Kimar Roof. So his... That's all I've got. That's his second hat-trick of the season. Um, That's all I've got on the whole of the championship. <laughs> Basically, all I've got as well. To be fair. Yeah, it's against QPR, so it's a good, good, good for me. Yes. I was watching it. I, 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 I saw the result, and I was like, looked on Score Center, and I thought, I thought, ah, oh, QPR are doing really well, aren't they? And I kept scrolling down the table, and they weren't turning up, and they weren't turning oh, up. I was like, ah. Yeah, I didn't even not as impressive as I thought. In football. Apparently, he was QPR manager. Didn't know that before yesterday. Um, yeah, we we looked lifeless in the first half, and then our striker got. You only got the internet now so that's why exactly yeah Ian Holloway's been a mystery to me the things you've been missing out on mate the QPR goal was an absolute shambles from the Leeds keeper um, ball comes back in just a little lobbed ball into the box from a, a cleared corner bounces in front of the keeper bounces over the keeper and into the back of the net that's fun mm. and then uh, they almost scored straight away after that but we went up the end and put the third one in so I'll take a, I'll take a, a 3-1 win there Fulham Matt you beat Birmingham yeah we did um... nice early goal 
exactly from Shay Ojo on loan from Liverpool. And but the big news that sort of came out of it, that came out of it, is that we decided to switch our goalkeeper. Mm. Now this is something I sort of want to put to you guys. So don't don't no pressure. But what is a goalkeeper's main job? <laughs> keep clean. Are you asking me or Pep Guardiola? <laughs> I'm asking everyone. Distribution. No, to keep clean sheets. Exactly, to keep clean sheets. That seems to be the debate that's gone on with Fulham is um, David Button, who we got from Brentford, yeah. has sort of been criticised for the way that he passes out from the back. He's now one of these modern goalkeepers. Mm. But his shot-stopping ability isn't the greatest. Right. So we brought in Marcus Bettinelli, yeah. who is my favourite keeper, um, who's better at saving shots than he is a dis- than he is a distributor in playing out from the back. So this sort of comes in, what do you want your goalkeeper to do? Do you want them to start attacks or do you want them to stop the ball going in the net? Which t- which takes preference? We've had this exact same situation this season. We've swapped keepers twice now from Viedveld to Lonergan and back to Viedveld because one can pass better than the other one but one can, keep, can save better than the other one. Yeah. We've gone back to the distribution method currently seems to be working but what you want is you want Pepe Reina who could do both in equal measure oh, yeah in an ideal world I'd, I'd happily take Pepe Reina <laughs> yeah <laughs> is Manuel not here available <laughs> yeah say, there, there's your there's your ultimate sort of hybrid of goalkeepers you want Manuel Neuer mixed with Pepe Reina oh, just yeah. clone them like, like in Star Wars cool as well. Reina was ahead of the curve of this I don't want to clone them. I want Pepe Reina there as sort of as the second choice, as my sort of support man. Yeah. <laughs> Pepe Reina's dream job is to be a hype man in a rap video. <laughs> Put Barcelona shirts on players that play for other clubs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop, uh, so, stop, stop Sergio Ramos from dropping trophies. Yeah. That sort of stuff. Uh, currently, Wolves are walking away with the championship title. They're uh, five points clear of Cardiff. And... Yeah. Give a shout out to Sunderland for keeping yeah, got, them down to a nil-nil a with point. ten men. Yeah, yeah. Lee more red card, obviously. As tradition. <laughs> there must be some stats on what that is for him, but I can't see them right now. I'm imagining it's almost the. He's got to be. Double, he's got definitely, definitely double figures in terms of red cards. Oh, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Sorry, while you're talking about, uh, it would be a miss for me to not mention Sergio Ramos again now, wouldn't it? What's he done? Oh, um, I, I believe it was midweek or so, where, or, or last weekend. He um he broke the all-time La Liga record for red cards. Anyone want to hazard a guess? Uh, uh, Twenty-one. Yeah, definitely Matt? in the twenties. Yeah, definitely no. in the twenties. I'll go twenty-two. I'm just gonna. I'll let you, you both guess again because I just want to clarify. Just La Liga. I'm just talking about La Liga red cards. Not. I'm not too, I'm not too high. T- too high, just a little bit. Okay, uh, fourteen. Thirteen. Now you've done, you've ruined it. Nineteen. Oh my god. Bloody. That's... Twenty-four red cards for Real Madrid. He's only thirty-one. The, the next nearest Real Madrid player <laughs> of all time. Yeah. Oh, was, gonna um... be, so it's going to be some like four for Roberto Carlos or something, <laughs> isn't it? it Herrero with twelve. <laughs> This is a man, Sergio Ramos, also a man with uh, over 100 caps for Spain and yeah. no red cards. Ridiculous. No red cards. We're just playing for Spain. He's having a great time. 19 red cards in 337, 377 games, Royal. Well, to be fair, that would be a lot higher if it wasn't for all the suspensions. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, you can put at least have 30 games on there. <coughs> wow. 
this is a man who might by the end of his feasibly by the end of his career have a league season's worth of red cards <laughs> yeah don't count out he's 31 he's got a good four or five years left yet yeah it'd also be interesting to know sort of like how the um the red card punishments handed out in spain it'd be interesting to know if he has missed a whole league season in suspensions yeah oh yeah oh yeah that yeah that makes yeah because if you take away maybe some red cards were rescinded sort of thing or, yeah, or, be... or two yellows and just yeah, one just game, or if yeah. any of them were three games. We need more, if he's more missed the seasons. Chris, you'll listen the... to this. I'm tasking you for Thursday's show to find out how many straight reds Ramos has <laughs> had and how many have been two yellows. And then... We want to know, well, and how many games suspended. Yeah, how many games he actually missed through red card suspensions. <laughs> Get on it. <laughs> there you go. Um, let's do some gossip chats before we, uh, before we end this podcast. I've done this for a while. Uh, if you've not had this before, Matt, you just tell me if this headline is going to be something that's going to happen or if it's complete nonsense paper talk. Okay. This is a good one to start with. Uh, Jose Mourinho is preparing to play a club record fee of £95 million to sign 22-year-old Lazio and Serbia midfielder Sergej Miljakovic-Savic. Um, that's £95 million. With an M. <laughs> uh... No. <laughs> nah, I can't. Nah, I can't see it. No. I don't no. Thoughts? No, I agree. <laughs> um, Olivier Giroud wants a loan move from Arsenal if he can't get first team football because of the World Cup, obviously. Uh, West Ham and Palace. Maybe he should have joined Everton. Yeah, that would have been a thing, wouldn't it? Like, oh. on the table in the summer. <laughs> now, now your options are West Ham or Palace, apparently. I can see it happening. To be fair, I, he will leave. On, he will go. He will go on loan. It's just a case of what his level is going to be. Whether yeah. it's one of those relegation battle times, or if it's going to be somewhere, someone in the mid-table. If it's West Ham or Palace, he has the chance to really shine there, especially Palace with the wingers they've got. But I don't know. It's not going to be a great move for you. I wouldn't be touching either of those teams with a barge no. pole if I was a luxury. <laughs> no. Uh, Real Madrid will make a move for Tottenham and France keeper Hugo Lloris if Spurs fail to win a trophy this season. So they're going to make no. a move for Hugo Lloris then? No. No? Well... Get on the, 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 the De Gea train. Well, I believe De- I believe they're not even on the De Gea train. I believe is there a... Um, there's a new a new hot thing in playing in La Liga. I forget which club for now. Possibly for a Athletic. Um, Athletic Bilbao that they're after. Yeah, that one. Yeah, well, when you say when you say make a move, I can I can absolutely see them making a bid, but whether or not he'll actually move is a different thing. (laughs) They're going to have to say. I think they'll stumble across a slightly similar problem with the they have with De Gea, Mm. which is um, I believe that Hugo Lloris is Spurs' highest paid player at the moment. Yeah, and captain. And they didn't want to. They didn't. They weren't willing to pay David de Gea the money he gets paid at. at um, <laughs> he gets paid at Manchester United because that would have made him. He would have been their like their third highest paid player. Jeez, imagine that. Yeah. Um, Chelsea forward Eden Hazard says he's in no rush to leave the club after his link with a move to Real Madrid. Bullshit. He's <laughs> yeah, I see. Yeah, I can see Hazard moving to Madrid before before Lloris does. Yeah. Unless someone happens to break his ankle again intentionally 
just during the transfer window. I can't see that not happening. No, he's 26. His peak years are. I believe it. Yeah. It, it's time. Here's one. Here's one though. I will see Eden Hazard going to Real Madrid, using the money that they've bought that they've got from selling Gareth Bale Ooh, okay. this summer. Gareth Bale to Manchester United. I've been banging that for a drum for about a year. <laughs> Gareth Bale to someone. I probably Man United. Back yeah. Spurs. Just what? Get Hazard out there and get Bale back. Where in. does Where does Bale play though? That's the thing. When everyone mentions him to Spurs, who does he displace in that team? <clears throat> but he plays as the actual winger that they want at, uh, to play Lamella as to give them that sort of dual threat. Yeah, proper width. And does he not? Yeah, do but... not then do not then play with um with Kane up Kane up top with Ericsson in behind Ericsson Ali and what and Gareth Bale behind him. Yeah. In the rotating three. With then with uh Dyer with Dyer and Dembele maybe. Dembele with now Jim I'm not without um Wanyama mm. Winks whoever owned the Yeah. So a four two three one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm, just to, I'm just trying to think the rest of that team who get who drops out because that mean Eric Dyer drops out of the team if you stick with the Tongan and Alderweireld at the back. But Dyer can play as the two in midfield. Yeah, you put him next to. You put him next to Dembele. Yeah. Dembele, yeah. Or, okay. Or... Yeah, I can see. I can see yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, what else we got, Russ? Bit of a stretch, but I can see it. Philippe <coughs> Coutinho wants assurances he'll be allowed to join Barcelona next summer <laughs> um, to allow him to concentrate on his final few months at Anfield. Can we see him being a Barcelona player next year? Or is this moved, I think, dead now? Again, I reckon it's all going to depend on if they can get Van Dijk. That's, if they can get someone at the, someone at the back mm. and then Coutinho will be able to go because they've got enough They've got enough going forward that they can sacrifice one of them if need be. It just get sell Coutinho and they get someone at the back. That's it's basically going to be last summer repeated. <laughs> deja that, deja vu all over again. <laughs> um, what else we got here? Chelsea will allow uh, Batshuayi to go out on loan in January. I'd, that'd be a bad move, wouldn't it? They haven't got anyone else. Apart from Assuming Rackley. the whole di- Diego Costa's definitely off to Atletico Madrid, isn't he? I didn't it's imagine. Happened. It's happened. He's gone. Is he? I thought there was some weird thing. I he's still at the club. Play or something. Yeah. Yeah. There was he's, some, he, there was he's there. Weird. He's there training at the moment, but he can't actually play. Good. He, no, needed, he needed that time to train. To be fair to him, he had enjoyed his summer quite a lot. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's why I will stay. Jack Wilshere has confidently can force his way back into Arsenal's plans. Um, the club have yet to make an offer to extend... He's only 25, Jesus Christ. To extend his contract, which ends in the summer. Can we see Jack Wilshere back in the uh, Arsenal starting lineup? To replace Alexis Sanchez. That, that's Wenger's plan. Sanchez sell Sanchez. Going, isn't he? I know yeah, sell... Probably. I was going to say sell Sanchez, but at the moment it looks like he's going for free, as is Ozil. Yeah. So yeah, Jack puts Jack Wilshire up behind behind Lacazette slash Giroud. Mm. Uh, Manchester United have made Juve's Brazilian defender Alexandro their primary left back target after they uh, have called on interest in Danny Rose. Are they aware they've got Luke Shaw? 
He doesn't like Luke Shaw, does he? He, he doesn't know. It's odd. Odd decision, that. He's a very good left-back. He's a good wing-back. I just don't know if he's Disciplined there. enough for playing Jose. Yeah, to play as a left-back. I think he's better as a wing-back. Yeah, as odd as that sounds. <laughs> um, that's pretty much it, really. There's not a great deal. It's obviously going to start ramping up in the next few weeks, all these... Uh, all the gossip bits and pieces. So, how do we end these podcasts, chaps? I've completely forgotten. Don't ask me, I'm the newbie. <laughs> just, just ramble your way into a hole and then... And then just say, uh, I always remember having men on post. Okay. Yeah, that's it, that's it, you've done it. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter We're out. at RossPell1984. You can find Adam on Twitter at... AdamSA101. And you can find Matt on Twitter at... At MattRe63. Uh, we're all on Twitter at Man on the Post. Uh, follow that for randomness, basically. That's what we tweet out from there mainly. If it's a if it's a game report, it's probably Chris doing it. If it's if it's a Liverpool game report, it's definitely Chris doing it. Uh, Chris and his guys will be back on Thursday or Friday this week with the Extra Time Show, um, previewing next weekend's action and talking about anything that's happened in the week. There's a I think there's a full list of Premier League games Tuesday and Wednesday. So again, a, yeah, oh, I'm exhausted. Christmas, mate, isn't it? They're all, they're all More football. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, you're playing on Wednesday night, I think. Oh, gosh. Who? <laughs> you sound thrilled at the prospect. Uh, let me just find that for you while we're rambling. Scores and fixtures, Premier League. Everton are away to Newcastle. Oh, oh I'm, I'm back in. <laughs> Some other games to pick out, really. Uh, West Ham are playing Arsenal. And... Um, they all look fairly easy games for the teams that should win. Man United against Bournemouth and Spurs against Brighton, both both home teams. Liverpool versus West Brom. Could be some good accumulators there um, if you're that way inclined. Um, head over to manalpost.com if you really want to read some really old articles. Um, that is being rejigged. Some new stuff, new website and a new um, host of podcasts going to be coming soon. Uh... I think that's it. If you get us on iTunes, make sure you leave a rate, a rate and review. But most importantly, subscribe. If you subscribe, it, that gives us more visibility on iTunes than actually getting a review does. So go into an Apple store, go into a PC world, find all their computers, find iTunes, and subscribe to Man of the Post. That will be your Christmas you've, present to us. You've cracked the algorithm, Russ. I have. It's taken five years, but we've figured it out. <laughs> um, so yeah until this week it's goodbye from me it's goodbye from Adam bye and goodbye from Matt toodaloos and always remember to have your man on the post